And so the we were looking at Esther, mm-hmm. the life of Esther, and the events in Esther occurred during the reign of King Ahasuerus, also known as Xerxes, and uh, he reigned from 486 to 465 BC. The king convened a, a royal banquet at Susa. When Queen Vashti refused to appear, he dethroned her. Ahasuerus appointed commissioners to assemble beautiful young virgins from whom we might select a new queen. Esther won the king's favor and put a royal crown on her head. In obedience to Mordecai, Esther did not reveal her ethnic identity. And of course, we know the story, right? And we're going to go on from there. But let's look at the first question that we have on page 89. Who comes to mind as a person of deep conviction? Rosa Parks. Eh? Rosa Parks? Oh, you saw her picture in the bus, right? <laughs> Actually, she came to my first, and when I turned, then you I said, oh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the great answer. Okay. Dr. Martin Luther King. Okay, Vaseline. yes, okay, good local one. Anybody no, else? You said Locally. <laughs> hmm? <laughs> Malcolm X. Malcolm X. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's the right movie. Thompson, yes. Rex Major. Rex Major, okay. So we could think of many persons. Yeah, many. Many persons who, uh, when we think of conviction, they are the persons that stand out in our minds, right? Yes. Okay, let's, um, let's see what Bible Meets Life has to say today. Sometimes it's a hard choice to speak up, even when we know something is wrong. We may even be tempted to remain silent. After all, why risk retribution or losing opposition or standing in the church or community? On December 1st, 1955, Rosa Parks, an African-American woman, refused the order from a bus driver in Montgomery, Alabama to give up her seat for a white passenger. It was a simple gesture, really, but one that would reverberate around the world and set the tone for the civil rights movement in America. Parks, a devoted follower of Christ, did not have the power to overturn Jim Crow laws or change the minds of those who believed in white supremacy. But she could do this one thing that was in front of her. We can be overwhelmed by the enormity of the injustice around us. Fear or feeling of inadequacy might even paralyze us. But Mordecai's example shows us the power of doing that one small thing the right thing that is in front of us. Okay. Amen. So we see an example in Mordecai in terms of doing the right thing. Uh, just as Mordecai knew the right thing to do and courageously carried it out, God directs us here today in our time to do likewise. And we're always going to have an opportunity uh, 
to be able to do that. And you don't have to look for those opportunities. They're going to come. Oh, yeah. They're going to just show up. <laughs> and uh, and we're going to have the opportunity uh, to act courageously. What's the point of our lesson today? It's always right to do the right thing. Okay. Even though it may not feel so. Because sometimes people go by feelings, eh? Yes. You know, and, uh, and feelings can often lead you astray. So it's always right to do the right, the right thing. thing. Okay, let's look at the first pa passage of scripture that we have. Esther chapter 2, verse 21 to 23, on page 91. During those days, while Mordecai was sitting at the king's gate, Bigthan and Teresh, two of the king's eunuchs who guarded the entrance, became infuriated and planned to assassinate King Ahasuerus. When Mordecai learned of the plot, he reported it to Queen Esther, and she told the king on Mordecai's behalf. When the report was investigated and verified, both men were hanged on the gallows. This event was recorded in the historical record in the king's presence. They should do that here. <laughs> so Mordecai was in the right place at the right time. At the right time. The king. Mordecai was sitting at the king's gate. Mm -hmm. where much of the official palace business occurred. It was a busy location where people at all levels of government were moving in and out, working on official state business. Mm -hmm. This was a center of activity in the kingdom, where merchants conducted business, busybodies spread their gossip, and the powerful gathered. Isn't it interesting that no matter which time period you have, mm -hmm. there are always those unique individuals characterized as busybodies. Gossipers. You always have them, mate. Eh? Now everywhere. <laughs> okay, someone else continue reading on. Mordecai apparently served an important role at the king's gate, though we're not exactly sure what he did. He may have been appointed to this role or promoted to a higher position, after Esther was made queen. This may have been a way to reward Mordecai, the father figure who had adopted Esther and cared for her after her parents died. The king's gate was also a center of much intrigue, and Mordecai was right in the center of it. Mordecai learned of an insider plot to assassinate the king. This was a shocking story with all the features of a spy thriller. One queen had been disposed, and a new queen was Oh, one queen had been deposed, and a new queen was chosen and crowned. Some in the palace were likely disgruntled and plotted a coup. Mordecai had options. He could have simply sat on the information, letting the scenario play out. Perhaps if the king were dead, Esther would step in and lead, giving Mordecai greater influence and power. But we can't assume Mordecai considered any options other than to do the right thing and prevent the king's death. Mordecai may have been disliked this Mordecai may have even disliked this pagan rule, but he still intervened. Mordecai's situation demonstrates the importance of doing the right thing in the moment, regardless of your feelings or the consequences. In one sense, this was just a small gesture. Gesture, gesture. <laughs> He simply passed on information. As we shall see in later sessions, that small gesture had great effect, but Mordecai couldn't have known that. 
He could not have imagined how this one act would set the stage for something far greater. He only knew it was the right thing to do. Mordecai's action did not result in immediate honor, but it was recorded in the king's historical records. Quite often, when we obey the Lord, our obedience is unseen and doesn't get the attention we might think it deserves. We can take comfort in knowing that everything we do is seen and recorded by our King, King Jesus. Everything that is hidden will one day be revealed. See Luke 8 and 17. Someone got that? Okay. Yep. Someone have it? You have it? Luke 8, 17. For all that is secret will eventually be brought into the open. Everything that is concealed will be brought to the light and made known to all. I doubt Mordecai expected to receive honor when he spoke up. Although honor would come later, he acted simply because it was the right thing to do. As Christians, we are always on call to do the right thing, regardless of the personal outcome. In fact, we may even suffer consequences for doing what is right. Mordecai eventually was honored for his actions. See, Esther that's a long one. Okay, yeah, we'll skip that one. You'll skip that one, right? <laughs> okay. Mordecai eventually was honored for his actions. But for the moment, he was overlooked. Unlike King, Ahas unlike King Ahasuerus, however, King Jesus doesn't forget our obedience. But quite often, our reward, like Mordecai's, will come later. We remember Peter's words, but even if you should suffer for righteousness, you are blessed. 1 Peter 3 and 14. We don't obey Jesus for the rewards or for the glory. We obey because it is what he calls us to do. We perform acts of justice on behalf of others because we love them and we love Jesus. Okay. John Canoe? Imagine that. Yeah, that's the church. Church, yeah. Having their celebration. Okay. You see a lot there. But let's look at question number two. And I trust you would have read Esther 5 uh, yes. before prior to this time together. Yes. Uh, if not, we encourage you to do that. But uh, question number two, interesting question. What risks did Mordecai and Esther take in these verses? They put to the gallows. That's one risk. Okay, there were consequences. Right. And they knew of the consequences, didn't they? Oh, yes. But that, that, did that affect their actions? No. No, it didn't. And uh, as, as Esther would later on say, if I perish, I perish. Yeah. And that was the attitude uh, that, we, that, that, that um, Mordecai had in mind, even though it was not expressed. He knew that he had to do the right thing, and whatever the consequences was, he would have to deal with it. Another question, alternative question. What opportunities have you had to stand up against wrongdoing in the past year, in your personal experience? What opportunities have you had, probably in the workplace, in the neighborhood, or wherever? What, other, what opportunities have you had to stand against wrongdoing in the past? Or did you just look the other way? Both. 
Okay. Don't get involved. All right. Anybody had a particular incident? Yeah, I'm Joseph had a friend and I saw some information online where he left his child with him. Speak a little louder, so in the back of here. His friend was doing something wrong, illegal, and I told his parents and they stepped in and never landed him and he had to apologize and everything. And Joseph said, I should have done it. I said, No, they're parents and they can Okay. I said, I would want them to do this to me too. Yeah, okay. Family. A lot of people, you know, he couldn't stop thanking me, the father. And he said, don't blame your mom, she'll do the right thing. Mm -hmm. Okay. Very good. Anybody else? Yeah. Well, I vote against my MP and I tell you why. <laughs> Say what? <laughs> I vote against my MP and I tell you why. <laughs> <laughs> you want to have the repercussions of that yet? Okay. Just like you. So you voted against your MP and told him why. Oh, what it is. Oh, yeah. You haven't faced any, uh, what do they call it? Backlash. 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 Thank God. Okay, that brings question number three. Yes. Dave's. What risk do we take when we speak up against wrongdoing? Everything turned on you. Consequences. People make everything about you and they decide to maybe concentrate their efforts so much Being ridiculed. Yeah. Being a loner. I was in a, at the church where I came from, I was in a leadership meeting one time and one elder was accused of something and um, he denied it, of course. And uh, another, uh, he said to one of the other elders, are you going to sit there and let them talk about me like that? Um, and he said, well, since you're not going to say anything, then I'm going to tell them about you. <laughs> <laughs> I said, what in the world is going on yet? You know, and, and he went on and on and on, you know, and... Uh, he was saying, well, I was only, I saw your car, this sister's house, and, 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 uh, and he said, I was just visiting. And he said, but you didn't have no shirt on. <laughs> so, you know, what risk do we take when we speak up against wrongdoing? So, you, you see why I left that church, right? <laughs> so, we take risk. Yes. Well, I know Joseph is going to be upset with me, and he said, friend probably won't talk to me. He said, if I get on the social media, like his mom stitches on people and talk on people. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's done for righteousness. Mm -hmm. And also, there's also a risk of being falsely accused yes. when we take a stand. Yes, okay, I because people want to get back at you for whatever you did to hurt them, so they're gonna make something up yes. uh, to get back at you. So there's also there's also the risk of false accusation. Yes, I've been through that. You've been through that. Okay. Remember? 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 We must stand against wrong. Yes. Right? No, no matter what the consequences, we know we could know in advance what the result is going to be or the consequence is going to be, but we must take a stand. That's so in the next verses, we're going to see how we are to stand for God in the face of those who oppose us. Yes. So let's look at uh, the next paragraph, next uh, chapter, 
chapter 3, verses 1 to 3. Read those verses. After all this took place, King Ahasuerus honored Haman, son of, what's that word? Agakai. Okay, the Agakai. Agakai. What's the word before that? Haman the Agakai. Haman, no, son of Hamidatha. Hamidatha. Okay, yeah, y'all got it right. <laughs> he promised him in rank and gave him a higher position than all the other officials. The entire, the entire royal staff at King Gates bowed down and paid homage to Hamid because the king had commanded this to be done for him. But Mordecai would not bow down or pay homage. The members of the royal staff at the king's gate asked Mordecai, why are you disobeying the king's command? When they had warned him day after day and he still would not listen to them, they told Hamid in order to see if Mordecai's action would be, to would be tolerated since he had told them he was a Jew. When Haman saw that Mordecai was not bowing down or paying him homage, he was filled with rage. And when he learned of Mordecai's ethnic identity, it seemed repugnant to Haman to do away with Mordecai alone. He planned to destroy all of Mordecai's people, the Jews throughout Ahasuerus' kingdom. You would think, go on. Go on, yeah. You would think that after Mordecai helped to save the king's life by thwarting the plot against him, the king would have given Mordecai some kind of special honor. But instead, Ahasuerus promoted Haman. Up until this point, we've heard nothing about Haman. Apparently, he was, uh, he was already a trusted figure in the Persian government, but now he was second only to the king. The reason for this honor and promotion is not known. With that honor came the king's command for all the royal officials to acknowledge Haman's position by bowing to him. And that one act brings us back to Mordecai, who refused to bow. Perhaps Mordecai refused to bow because he felt he'd been violating his worship of Yahweh. He would, he would bow before no one but God. However, it was not a violation of the law of God to bow before kings and rulers. Mordecai was no grandstander, though this was not a publicity stunt. Mordecai's refusal to bow before Haman was an act of conscience. He refused to compromise what he believed. Taking such a stand was not without risk. Mordecai did so knowing it very well could cost him his life. Mordecai faced added pressure from the members of the royal court. Day after day, the members of the king's royal court badgered and warned Mordecai to bow to Haman. Men like Haman don't take these, these kinds of slights lightly. Haman was <coughs> filled with rage. In his anger, Haman sought to eliminate Mordecai. But while he was at it, he also would destroy all the Jews in the kingdom. This would be the genocide of an entire race of people. So that's where Hitler comes in, eh? Hmm. Compromise, compromise is not always a bad thing. Families know the value of compromise when it comes to planning a vacation, choosing a restaurant, or even deciding what to watch on television. But when it comes to doing what is right and standing up to injustice, we must, we must never compromise. Mordecai's example reminds us that doing the right thing is sometimes dangerous and risky. 
Standing up for someone facing discrimination could cost us some friendships. Refusing to cheat a client or customer could cost our jobs. Letting every kid who signed up for the team get in the game could cost us the win. We don't back down. We refuse to compromise when truth and justice are at stake. That's always the right thing to do. Okay, let's look at some highlights from that passage that stand out, uh, some of the main points. You would think that after Mordecai helped save the king's life by thwarting the plot against him, the king would have given Mordecai some kind of special honor. But instead, Ahasuerus promoted Haman instead. Right? Yes. But then we'll see that that honor will come later, right? Yes. That's right. And dishonor also, right? Yes. Dishonor too. Dishonor that would be detrimental, of course. And then the second point we note from that passage is, with that honor came the king's command for all the royal officials to acknowledge Haman's position by bowing to him. Mm. And that one act brings us back to Mordecai, who refused to bow. A couple of comments uh, uh, we want to note there. Uh, in those passages. Let me see if I can find it here. Uh, verses one to verse one. Mordecai's courage, and that that was good. Great courage. Mm-hmm. His courage challenges us to take a stand. Right. Yes. So Mordecai's courage challenges us to take a stand, uh, to stand for God in the face of all those who oppose God. Despite Mordecai's heroic act in saving the king's life by reporting an assassination plot against Ahasuerus, Mordecai received no honor on that occasion. In contrast, chapter 3 begins with the notation that King Ahasuerus promoted Haman. And the Hebrew word literally means made great or magnified. So Haman was made great or magnified uh, as far as the king's honor. The designation Haman uh, signifies the designation Haman signifies magnificence. Perhaps that same that name contributed to this to a sense of self-importance or arrogance. The biblical writer identified Haman as the Agagite, the son of Amadatha. The term Agagite identifies Haman as a descendant of the Amalekite king Agag. Remember that name? You see that in, in uh, 1 Samuel chapter 15. Uh, Agag reigned over the long-standing enemy of the Israelites of the Jews. Agagite was most likely Agagite most likely is synonymous with Amalekite. The reference to Haman as the Agagite calls attention to the animosity that existed between the Israelites and the Amalekites, long-standing animosity, always at each other's throats. And so that hostility began when the Israelites fought Amalek in the desert following their exodus from Egypt, according to Exodus 17. 
At that time, Moses stated that the Lord would be at war against Amalek for generations. Agag reigned over the Amalekites at the same time as Saul ruled the Israelites. The Lord directed King Saul, a Benjaminite and the son of Kish, to totally destroy the Amalekites, as recorded in 1 Samuel chapter 15. Although Saul failed, remember when Saul failed to do that? He failed to carry out the Lord's command. The Israelites defeated the Amalekites on that occasion, and the prophet Samuel hacked Agag to pieces. Remember that story, right? All right, God said, go ahead and wipe out everything, destroy everything, animals and everything. And Saul said, boy, those cattle look good. That stuff look good. You keep some of that. And... Uh, and uh, the prophet Samuel had to take matters into his own hand and um, kill Agag himself. The fact, Mordecai also was a Benjamite, Benjaminite and a descendant of Kish, sets the stage for Haman's defeat and his demise. Ahasuerus advanced Haman in rank. The biblical writer used two similar phrases to emphasize Haman's advancement or promotion. And then when you look at verse 2, although the king, although all of the king's servants bowed down and paid homage to Haman, Mordecai refused to do so. Perhaps the reason Mordecai refused to bow to Haman relates to the long-standing animosity that existed between the Amalekites and the Israelites. He had a good memory. No self-respecting Benjaminite would bow to a man who had descended from the ancient Amalekite enemy of God's people. And so Mordecai stood up rather than bow down. Other biblical scholars connect Mordecai's refusal with his religious convictions. These scholars hold that at, le at least in this instance, bowing to Haman bordered on recognizing him as divine. Perhaps Mordecai had both political and religious reasons for his refusal to honor Haman. But when eternity comes around, you could go to Mordecai and ask him why. Okay. <laughs> okay. So we have a couple of points there that have been that mentioned. Now, um, did anybody do the activity? Of course. Now we did the activity. Question four and five. Yeah. Uh, questions four and five. Maybe Mordecai wanted Haman to bow to him rather than he bow to Haman. For question four. Uh, question four. Mm -hmm. What were some possible motivations for Mordecai's refusal to bow? Okay, we looked at that comment a little bit while ago, but what do you question. think are some possible motivations for Mordecai's refusal to bow? Religious. Um, religious. He doesn't want to bow to anybody besides God. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. It could be religious or political. Okay. And we, we, we gave you a little history on on the Malachites and 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 the Jews. So that could be one reason why. Uh, question number five. How do we determine when to take a stand? And we say the injustice being done. Okay. When we see an injustice being done, period. Yes. Right? Yes. Period. Um, 
And uh, many times people see injustice and say, well, I, I don't want to get involved in that. Mm -hmm. Well, that's not my business. Or, and they look the other way. Mm -hmm. All right? But as far as uh, we are concerned, any injustice that displeases God should also displease us. Right. All right? And so we know when we are to take a stand. How can we be sure we are standing for God instead of standing for our own opinions or preferences? How can we be sure? I just answered that, right? Yeah. If it displeases God, it, displeases us. it should displease us. Okay, let's look at the activity then. Uh, sorry, what do you have? Who's, uh, who's that? As you think of the news reports from the past week, list some examples of problems that people in your community are experiencing. Murders, mm -hmm. robberies, lack of promises from the government, <laughs> poverty, mm -hmm. disrespect, dissatisfied workers, and the economy. Okay, disgruntled workers. Mm -hmm. A whole lot of stuff, right? Yeah, a whole bunch of stuff. Okay, in what ways are some of these similar Sister, to the problems Sister experienced Mark by Mordecai? Huh? Corruption. Corruption, okay. All right, yeah, political corruption, all kinds of corruption. Okay. In what ways, In what ways are some of these similar to the problems more experienced by Mordecai in this session? I guess the disrespect uh, Mordecai showed to Haman, mm -hmm. and Mordecai was a slave, subject to poverty. Okay. Um, one of the things that kind of jumps out at me is like with the government, um, you don't want to speak up. Like some of the ministers or whoever, they don't want to speak up to lose their place. So maybe other people might have heard also, and Mordecai heard too, but they didn't say anything because they want to keep their place. Mm -hmm. Like in the government where, you know, right now you don't want to say nothing because you may lose your place, like how Reese Chipman and some of the others have already lost their place. <laughs> so maybe you might have heard, but you were scared to do something, mm -hmm. so only Mordecai might have done. Yeah. Although others might have heard it too. Right, yeah. Yeah, we see that happening today too. Uh, there has been some uh, allegations that the Minister of Environment has been in that position. Yeah, uh, he's pretty he was quiet. So he was quite vocal during the campaign and before he was elected, but now stuff that he was vocal on, he's silent on. Yeah. And there are allegations that he's... Uh, he's silent. He's afraid that he may lose his position. Yeah. So we see that happening intimidation, here. Then. Intimidation, right. What could you do to stand with conviction and help one or more of these situations? Speak that is the ones you know about. Speak out. Speak up and speak out. Be okay. an advocate. All right, so you're going to go to the person who is not speaking out and tell them, you know, what you're doing is not right. You need to speak up because we know your convictions. You said your convictions before you took office, and so we know how you stand. Right. All right. Uh, what do you think your response would be? <laughs> <laughs> Zip lip. The thing about it too, uh, people go, if you tell them that they've done something wrong, they'll twist it around on you and they'll probably try to twist up some scripture. Right, like, you got a new fix up. So sometimes people don't even understand what they've been doing wrong around here because it's like, 
right and wrong and everything is all like like that. Trump, right? <laughs> so sometimes you'll go and say that and it's like um, Your words have been the tested. The person who finds them in the and makes up the same no, you don't know what you're talking about, character. <laughs> and they do that all the time, don't they? <laughs> it's like you, you got to wonder if what you said was correct. <laughs> yeah, you confront them, and when you finish confronting them, you they leave more confused. <laughs> right. You leave more confused and feeling condemned. You don't know if maybe you are. <laughs> That's true. What they call them, uh, um, spin artists. They would spin it in such a way that you feel that something is wrong with you. Okay. But Mordecai wasn't concerned about that. No. All right. Okay, what's the point? The point is, it is always right to do the right thing. Okay, always right to do the right thing, no matter what, mm-hmm. regardless of the consequences. Right. Okay, let's look at how we're going to flesh this out now. There's Martin, a, Luther King. Martin Luther King's quote. Mm-hmm. The, the time, time is always, always right, right to do what, what is, is right. right. Okay, mm-hmm. that's a that's a good quote there. Yes. And it's good to remember that. Mm-hmm. Uh, because sometimes people say, well, you know, it's not the right time. You know, uh, when it's would be the right up. time? Yeah. And you can add to that. Mm-hmm. It's always right to do the right thing, and it's never right to do wrong. That's exactly. Right. Good that's point. That's right. A good, very good point. And sometimes, but you're not doing anything. It's just as bad or worse as as doing wrong, you know, as mm-hmm. doing bad mm-hmm. yourself. Right. Yeah. When you don't it's do anything, ex- you know of a wrong. You're just as bad as the person doing the wrong. Yeah. Right. Because you know of it, and and more or less you condone it, because you don't say anything about it. Mm-hmm. Okay. How do we live this out? How can how will you stand with conviction this week? Choose one of the following suggestions. Just one. Mm-hmm. Pray. Ask God for the courage to do the right thing in small ways when the opportunity is presented in your family, your neighborhood, and in your church. Mm-hmm. And then two, observe. Look for ways you can use your gifts, talents, and resources to do something meaningful to help the vulnerable around you. Mm-hmm. And three, visit. Check out local homeless. Check out a local homeless shelter anti-trafficking organization or pregnancy resource center to find ways you can help do justice and mercy on behalf of the voiceless. Okay, so you have a choice there. Either one of those three uh, you can choose to act upon. Most of us have been in situations, whether it's in the neighborhood, workplace, or church, where we had an opportunity to say something or to correct a wrong and we didn't. Mm-hmm. Let's learn from Mordecai's example and make a difference the yes. next time. Okay, yes. so we know of situations that we've been in where we were silent mm-hmm. and we knew we could have made a difference. Yep. Any closing thoughts or observations? And then you should do it because it's the right thing, not because it would help maybe elevate you. Mm-hmm. Because I notice, like some of these activist people, they'll do some sort of march or whatever, but that's only to give glory to themselves and get their name up there so they can get a position. Like a certain senator now, yeah, they got to do it for name recognition. You did it for name recognition, so you you brought yourself to the forefront, not to advance yourself. So. Don't do it for that reason. It sounds like his name became synonymous with that. <laughs> yeah, you, 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 you got you got a, you got a job. Mm. 
um, because of name recognition. Mm. In other words, you need to have the right motive. Yes. Exactly. Uh, yeah, not self-serving. The right. motive is the key. Oh, yes. May I add to that? Mm -hmm. um, you see that happening in today's culture a lot because when they don't get what they want, their persona change, they can't yeah. speak, they don't have the words yeah, like that. They're better than you now. Mm -hmm. They were one, they were, it's like, um, if you've ever read the book called Animal Farm, everybody's equal and now some people are more equal than others. So that's a good book yeah. because Animal Farm, the pigs, everybody, four legs was good, two legs bad, but all of a sudden now some four legs are better than other four legs. <laughs> animal Farm mm. is a book to read. So we live in an animal farm. <laughs> I, I think too, one couple of things. One, Mordecai was a very godly man. Mm -hmm. yeah. We we live in a time today where we're expecting ungodly people to lead us in a godly way. Mm -hmm. Governments aren't going to solve our problems. No, absolutely not. God is. Mm -hmm. But Mordecai didn't know God's plan totally, but he knew God had a plan. Mm -hmm. And he trusted it. That's why he did right. Mm -hmm. And if we trust God, knowing his plan is always perfect. Mm -hmm. You always do right. Even when thinking, okay, if I do wrong, it'll get me in a right place. It's always wrong to, to do wrong. Mm -hmm. And so he knew God had a plan, didn't know. Now it works out, we see, we'll see it later in the chapter in the mm -hmm. book. Yeah, yeah. But Mordecai knew that. Mm -hmm. And so he wasn't trusting a king, he wasn't trusting a government, he wasn't trusting plans. Trusting God. That's right. And that's what's a key thing. It made him do what was right. Mm -hmm. Even when he didn't know what was ahead. You trust God where you cannot trace him. Mm -hmm. You don't know where he's going, but you trust him. You trust him here. That's right. So I put a blank paper in front of you and he signs it. You don't have to worry about what's going to go on it. You just sign it. Mm -hmm. So trust is the key. Yes. No matter what the apparent consequences may be. Okay. That brings us to the end of our time.